What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Echoes of Elm, the podcast where we're going to be taking a lot of deep dives into the deep Elm music scene of Dallas, Texas, from about 1990 to 2010. Our first guest is one of the most rock-solid in-the-pocket drummers I've ever come across, and he's also a good pal of mine. He's a 25-year veteran of the scene, Mr. Bradley McMurtry. Bradley has played live with, recorded with, or filled in for 62 different bands. Wowzers. I really couldn't think of anybody more perfect to start this out with. So now that we got that out of the way, let's get straight to it. So uh, me and him would come up with a little jam that he sent, and we'd throw them at you, and you guys did whatever. Uh, and the one show that we did was, uh, it was kind of neat because I've never really gone into a real pattern songwriting uh, deal, you know, right. a drummer. Dude. So it's not like I, it's like, hey, man, you play this. Okay. You know. Uh, <laughs> So to actually be involved in the songwriting process, right, right, really exactly. Like you got a piece of it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hit record for us, so we'll just go ahead and, you know, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> how are you, dude? Uh, thanks a lot for having me on your yeah. show here, and uh, I get to be the pilot one. How about that? Uh, yeah, man, total pilot episode. We're just winging it here, so you know, bear with us. But uh, hey, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I, I appreciate the fact that you're doing this for. Uh, I guess you could say us uh, old timers at this point. Uh, is, is there even a detailing anymore? I want to shine a light on that particular era because there was a lot of really special stuff from back then. A lot. There really was. Yeah. I really think there was, yeah. Um, I can think of, of all kinds of bands that were big. I mean, Bounty Pool came out of that era. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was uh, Liquor Stick, and they won the uh, VH1 Bands on the Run. Then there was uh, The Muir, and The Muir did the, uh, they did the theme for... Uh, whatever that Dr. Dreamy uh, show on Sunday nights on Fox, I think maybe, I forget the name of it. Uh, I'll think of it here. They did the, uh, the, it was a TV show and they did the theme music. Mm -hmm. uh, there was also Hellified Punk Crew. There was uh, uh, Pimpadelic. Yeah. Uh, Pimpadelic, uh, Slow Rovers about. And then you had to look, just a little bit lower echelon bands there with um, Tom Sara, uh, Loaded Motors, uh, Named Big Iron. Uh, Big Iron, yeah. Uh, Low Gear. Low Gear. Low Gear is still around. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're killing yeah, it right now. They absolutely no original members in the band, though. Yeah. With uh, with which one? Uh, the Low Gear. Right. I remember going back and digging into their discography recently and finding some of the older CDs from the 90s. Sure. And not recognizing, you know, a lot of the guys on there. It's like right. an Opeth situation where, like, Opeth doesn't have any original members right now from when they started way back when <laughs> right yeah low gear the, the original singer was uh a long time he was the founding guy i mean he was low gear right uh, and his uh his brother was the uh, front guy philip philip went on to play in uh cal 40. I don't oh know okay okay yeah uh they were great i forget the name of the uh, i haven't done the disc or whatever i haven't uh, i got a lot of different local bands I've seen your collection before in pics and stuff. I was going to ask you about your, your vinyl collection because it's awesome. And your stereo, too. I saw your setup. It looks rad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I collect uh, vintage uh, audio stuff. I, I have vintage uh, PA stuff, even. I, I like uh, vintage stuff. Nice. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm all about the analog. You kind of inspired me to start my own vinyl collection, actually, really. I mean, because I saw yours and I started building mine, you know, and it's really grown into something now. I love it. Yeah, the, the, the house we had in Payton, uh, when we lived down there for two, uh, there was, uh, it was a cathedral ceiling, you know, like 12, 14 feet, maybe. It uh, went, from, went, went from 10 to 12 or 13, something like that, anyway. But... Uh, there was a uh, laminate floor, and uh, so I would mount those, uh, my speakers up like on the wall. And uh, you got that natural Dolby surround because the sound was bouncing off the wall. Right. It was, it was great. And it was all through vinyl, really. Nice, nice. If you can't well, be there, you might as well have, have Led Zeppelin in your living room. Yeah. That's cool, man. <clears throat> yeah. Um. I wanted to see about where you started in Elm, like what, uh, like where, like maybe one of your first experiences when you first kind of went down there and were like, whoa, I kind of, I got to be a part of this, you know, because I remember okay. that moment for me kind of when I went down there and I think it was Frolic was the band that I saw first. That Frolic, the first there's another one. Saw. Wow. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you about maybe one of your first experiences down there. Uh, Frolic, if I'm not mistaken, real quick, uh, their, their lead guitar player died. And uh, why they were like kind of making it to their point. Uh, so hats off that guy and memories. Like the main vocalist, the main songwriter from the group. Uh, like no, it's wrong. Their... He was the guitar player. Oh, the guitar player. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they carried on after him, but I think it was a while. Anyway, so right. so my first uh, deal of deep on how I got into it. Okay, I would say I got out of the army in '97. And uh, moved to Dallas, and I bought a VW kit. It was a special order back then in '97, and uh, so we had to wait four months to get it. And so what oh, I did wow. was I worked overtime uh, to have it paid off. By like I bought it in September, I wanted it paid off by Christmas, and that was like a, a kit, uh, all new hardware and symbols, everything, the whole deal. So when I got the kit, and uh, and it was paid for. That was like February. I went to uh, this uh, open mic deal that Brooke Mays had put on. And the, I went because the only guy that I knew at that time was Richard, not Richard, uh, John Burris. Uh, Richard. Uh, John Burris had this open mic deal, worked at Brooke Mays, and he would have all the students come in. Uh, I knew him. And he was like, hey, man, uh, we're going to have some instructors come up. You know, won't you come up in camp? It was hard. Like a Monday night, even. Uh, it was a place called the Cuckoo's Nest on Greenville Avenue. Uh, and I went and I signed my name on the view, and uh, my turn came up to go you know, play a song. And stood on stage with, you know, I knew one guy. I didn't know the bass player or the singer dude at all. Not even close. And they said, hey, you know, uh, Radiohead Creek. Uh, yeah, it's simple. And of course, to me, I'm thinking, God damn, I waited all this fucking time to play that something. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we start playing the song, and you know where that, that rip, that guitar rip comes in. Okay. Okay. This guy comes flinging out of nowhere. He flings his hair and starts, like, uh, jam he jammed that part. Uh, and that guy was uh, Steve Curtis. And Steve Curtis was uh, the... The front guy, singer, songwriter, uh, the, the band, uh, the Dark Alliance. Oh, they okay. were a uh, band in Dallas at that time. And uh, 
he was needed drummer, and that song, he like grabbed me and he's like, "Come here, brother. Uh, come on, we're gonna take you down here to the strip joint, and uh, you're in my band, bro." Uh, and I've never really played any kind of metal at all. Uh, I thought I was gonna be finding a blues band or playing like Ian Moore stuff at the time. Anyway, I got into his band, and uh, my first gig in Deep Elm was uh, not. Uh, it was at The Rock. I don't know if you remember The Rock. No. It was across it. the street from the Galaxy Club. Ah, okay. It was uh, left. It was like a break-off branch of uh, On The Rock, so I'm sure you've heard of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Louis de Camus was the guy who owned that joint. Anyway, that was my first gig. But before that happened, my first impressions of Deep Bellum was... Uh, I just got out of the army, and a buddy of mine, when he was still in the army, came down from Fort Hill, and we went to go see uh, New Year's Eve. We went and saw Slow Roosevelt and Timbadelic and uh, at Trees. That's uh, Christmas '97, and we were there, and Slow Roosevelt played. We were like, "Wow, where's the man?" You know. Uh, and then Timbadelic was setting up, and they have a DJ guy, you know, and. While he's setting up, there's this guy standing in front of the stage, and uh, he's yelling something at the DJ dude. This is before they started playing. Anyway, so the guy comes out from the DJ, and he goes, what did you say? And then kicks the motherfucker, like, in the face. And I, that was my first impression of Deep Ellum. Uh, oh, and, of wow. course, I was like, oh, man, I love this shit. Uh, this is great. Uh, and then, of course, several, or a couple months later, I was... Uh, got to play down there and then played the Galaxy Club with the Dark Line, with the Dark Line, stuff like that. That's how I got in. Long story. That's that's cool though that your you know your first experience down there also led to one of your first like real projects. You know, like you found yeah, somebody absolutely. pretty quickly there. Yeah, it was it was really neat. I mean, when you get out of the army and you're 26, okay, uh, and you you think you're going to be in a blues band, and next thing you know, you get thrusted into a. Uh, uh, they called that thrash metal, I guess. Uh, and I never really, I mean, I was a Metallica fan, I liked Anthrax, uh, but thrash metal at that time was not my deal. So I had to teach myself how to do that shit. Uh, it's pretty interesting. That's quite a stretch from blues. That's, that is, yeah. So it is, that, that's quite a change. Wow. Um, I mean, chronologically after Dark Alliance, what, what would you, what did you go to after that? Okay, after Dark Alliance, I took a, do um, you remember the Harder Beat there in Dallas? Oh, the, yeah. The newspaper? Yeah. Okay. Linda Holler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin White, if you get to watch this. Uh, I had them on my show back back in the day. Anyway, so I took an ad uh, to Linda Holler Town for Dark Alliance, and I got, uh, inadvertently, she says, are you looking for a different band, a different project? And I was like, yeah, I'm not a metal player, but I mean, yeah, I'm always looking. Uh, she introduced me to these guys, uh, Kevin White, who was her editor, like head editor, uh, I believe. Anyway, he worked for the paper, and he had a band, and they were looking for a drummer. And so I went and met them, and uh, it seemed that we, we gelled, and we were the band Faith. And uh, we won the Heart of Beat Showcase. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. And when we won the Hardy Showcase, we decided to fire the singer, which was uh, Kevin, who was the editor. And uh, that was 24 or 5 years ago. He and I have made up since 
Anyway, uh, we became Bullet Ant. Uh, Bullet Ant became this, like a rap rock uh, band, and uh, we were known for. Uh, we wore silly outfits on stage. We were a, a live band, totally. Studio, it was like, uh, we kind of like Rage Against the 311 or something. <laughs> you know, because it was the time, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And we became uh, this band, Bullet Ant, and uh, we wrote all new stuff and came up with this gimmick. And somehow, some way, in 2001, July of 2001, uh, Saliva. Uh, had uh, the number two song nationwide uh, with the my disease, whatever it was. Oh yeah, yeah. And they had uh, they click, came click through Texas, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they had they needed an opening band, uh, and Big Iron, like a bunch of dumbasses, packed it up. Uh, so Bullet Ant, we got it. So we did all the Texas shows, minus the whatever frequent bar or whatever the hell the Eagles had during mm-hmm. that June, July, whatever. We didn't get to play the Dallas date, but we got to play all the other Texas dates. We got to play the uh, legendary White Rabbit uh, in San Antonio engine room in, in Houston, which was kind of legendary at the time. I don't know if it's still there. Uh, but after that, uh, I left Bullet Ant in 2002 and started, uh, I met my in-between girlfriend, if I call him, uh, Brock. Uh, Brock had this band, Wound. Uh, and he was able to get me from Bullet and uh, Queeno, who was in Bulltown. Uh, she's now retired. I love Bulltown. Uh, yeah, right? Mm. So uh, we had, we formed, uh, he had this band. He was the singer-songwriter. He was like, all we had to do was get, we had to come in and learn his shit. And uh, that actually led me to meeting uh, uh Musicians.net, which put me into contact with uh, the band Girl, which was a uh, all-girl band, and uh, the girl drummer they had decided she was moving to California or something. I don't know. And the only other girl in the band, uh, other only other girl drummer in Dallas was uh, Heather the Red, and she was playing with uh, Ellie Mae. Uh, no, I don't know. Eat my pie is what they were called. And, uh, it was in a band with uh, the rock and roll attorney from the Russ Martin show. You remember that guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They had the band, and uh, she was not interested, or she was still or something. Right. And so I got hired because I was the most flamboyant uh, drummer in Dallas. Because I didn't I care and, you know, the whole deal. Right. I, I, I didn't care. I was all about the entertainment. So they hired me, and uh, so I was juggling womb and girl and then end up sticking with girl uh and this went on until about 2003 until of all bands samsara was looking for a drummer and that's where things got different again so i went from i went from metal to punk rock you know chick punk rock mm-hmm. uh more of a uh grungier i hate the word alternative okay yeah uh, uh, toolistic, toolistic. Is that a word? It is kind of uh, hard to nail down what Loaded Moses or Samsara. Would well, no, no, Samsara. Exactly. So yeah. I'm going to get there. Hold on. So uh, Samsara was looking for a drummer, and I, I believe I answered an ad. And uh, I met up with Crip. Uh, 
hit it off with Jonathan. Didn't really meet you until the rehearsal, but uh, I met up in Crip. I got a disc. They were like, here, learn, you know, learn whatever song you want to learn. And I took that disc home. I listened to it. And I, I, I whipped up uh, Quick and Easy, uh, Up Against, and uh, Mission Control. Yeah. Mission Control is still a badass song. Oh, man, okay. I love that song. Well, they all so are, cool. really. But yeah. uh, Mission Control was, I think, should have been y'all's direction, but that's a different story. It was Anyways, one of my so, favorites, too. Yeah. yeah. I love the intro for Mission Control. Yeah. Right. But uh, uh, that's interesting, though. I forgot that it seemed like, for some reason in my head, I remembered it as if we knew you before that, like before the Samsara stuff, but I guess we didn't. I no, Janardin came out. Janardin came out. Shauna. They came out to a show that I was playing with Girl, because uh, I was like, no, man, I really know how to play. So they came out to watch me play at the, you remember the Hard Rock uh, Cafe? Oh, yeah. 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 So they came out and saw that show, so they saw me play with, uh, play with me and Bam. Uh, and they were like, oh, cool, you, you got it, you can play. So, uh, like, two weeks later, I called Chris, I said, uh, when do you want to do this tryout? Because I sat. Uh, he was like, dude, we can do it tomorrow. I said, okay, tomorrow you. And so I, I showed up, I played with you guys, and uh, things went real well. Uh, then I had another one and showed up, and things went real well. And then on the third one, you guys were like, okay, so we're going to have come in. And I went, well, there goes that. Uh, but what Chris ended up doing is he got me in touch with South FM, which mm-hmm. is another old beat Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I got an audition with them. Uh, they had this conception of what I was in Bullet Ant, which was like this cocky, arrogant, you know, you know, flamboyant dude. Right. Uh, they uh, they opted not for me, but they preferred me as as Crip did was to voted most, mm-hmm. and uh, they were looking for a drummer, and I uh, never played uh, three pick time or pick eight time. Which they had, so uh, I, I met up. I got a disc. Actually, Chris gave me the disc, a three-song demo. Here, learn to, uh, learn these tunes, and uh, you know, go in and pick their ass. I was like, okay, cool. So uh, I actually had a script. I, I took a day, and I was like, good. I've never played that much, you know, six, eight, or three, four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went in and just goofed around with it for the whole day. But I knew that uh, when I listened to their stuff, I knew that like that, that was the band I was looking for the entire time. Uh, right. There was a there was a dual guitar. Not, there wasn't a rhythm in a lead. They they were both like dueling leads, like Iron Maiden, uh, but not like that. Right. <clears throat> but that that dual guitar style. No, they were a great uh, guitar duo, definitely. Yeah, yeah, they really were. Brad and Chan. Uh, so I. I Got in that band and uh, played with them a couple of years, and then I was uh, 35, and I was like, "Man, I don't think I'm going to make MPD." Uh, so I, I dropped out for a while and uh, went to HVAC to put my GI Bill because I was in the Army for seven years. I took my GI Bill HVAC school and uh, parking. Uh, Got out of school and we had moved from uh, we had moved into a new house, Vanessa and I, in Louisville. And I had like two or three kids at the time, and I hadn't played in like a year. And we moved in the house and everything stacked up like in this room. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna play again or are you gonna do whatever? 
And so I don't know. Uh, I put it, I start, I got it on uh, put it on regular back back page, whatever it was. Back page, yeah. Okay. And uh, as the story goes, there was uh, I, I I started jamming with this one guy because uh, he hired me for some studio stuff. Yeah. And then I I answered some ads on back page. Uh, and I would go play with these cover bands just to goof off. Then this guy, uh, Chris Bender, he had this ad on uh, uh, whatever, 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 Craigslist. And evidently, I don't remember it. Uh, I don't at all, really. But I was drunk as fuck. And uh, I answered an ad for a Guns N' Roses, we need a drummer. We're looking for a Steven Adler. Right. And, and I'm a huge what well, still am a huge Guns N' Roses fan, and so I thought, well, I'll go jam. Uh, well, actually, this is after he called me. I responded to the deal, and he called me back like three days later. And I was like, uh, I did. I answered an ad. Okay, I don't remember. Anyway, so I uh, he hired me. Here's what was interesting. He, he told me that he knew who I was uh, from the Lord of Moses uh, deal. And he had like these auditions lined up, and I said, "Dude, I tell you what, if you give me three weeks, because I'm, uh, I just graduated eighth grade school, and I said if you can wait three weeks, that they're going to send me to this frozen uh, uh, carbonated beverage school, which was like two weeks in Louisville, Kentucky." I said, "I'll come back and, and I'll handle." And I get there, and he, uh, he actually had this guy that was uh, in a slack, and it was him and me. And they do like four Guns N' Roses tunes, okay? And I was like, cool, I know them all. So we're playing them. We ran them a couple times. I thought, oh, there's my dog. There's my dog again. Hey! Sorry. No, no, you're good. What's your anyway. name? What's the dog's name? Shut up! What's the dog's anyway. name? Uh, Buster. Buster? Uh, yeah. Hi, Buster. Uh, oh, don't get him excited. <laughs> uh, he went on uh, San Antonio with me last. Anyway, so I show up and I play you know, four Guns N' Roses songs, and I thought, you know, I, I'd rather do this than jam with this dude and this dude because this is on Sundays, and I can uh, hold on. What? All right, here we go. Sorry, <laughs> you, you you're good. Cut that you're good. All right, so uh, I was like, this is right up my right up my alley. I'll just go jam jam with him. He's on. I'll go jam here. Hold on. <laughs> All right. So I shut the door on his ass. Okay. So so I thought this is right up my alley because uh, I didn't really, I wasn't really getting ready. I was thinking we're never gonna find an axle. We're never gonna find a flat. You know, splash it there. Uh, well, one thing led to another, and uh, we became this band, like uh, like Bender said we would. And Chris Bender, being a uh, has an MBA from I think SMU, uh, works at Raytheon, and decides that he wants to have a tribute band on the side. Uh, and he like, here's the attack, and this is what we're gonna do. And uh, next thing you know. After answering that ad six months later, we're in Mexico playing in front of fourteen thousand people, and that wow. was our yeah that was our uh, third gig. 
Uh, yeah. So I spent the next four years uh, playing with him, uh, the Gus Perosis, uh and uh, that was uh, you know the you know 2009 to 2012, and uh, this is when creepy bands were kind of like blowing up and all that stuff. Like when remember they just started. had the Jack Throwback, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we we played the very first, second, and third one, uh, but we like the first one. There was only four bands, and we were one of them, which was kind of cool. But every weekend for, from like uh, the beginning or the end of April to the beginning of October, end of October, around Halloween time, every single weekend we flew or drove or went somewhere and played some state fair, some town, whatever. And, and dude, we got, I mean, we played a CFL halftime show one time. Uh, we went to Honduras on a school night, like, uh, you know, Mexico, Canada. We, we went all the way north of Canada and played an Indian reservation one, one year. Uh, if it was pain, we were playing. But uh, we went to New York, uh, Miami, L.A., Buffalo. Yeah, we went everywhere. Uh, and now, the, before the match, uh, the uh, scene got saturated, you know. Uh, so, uh, left that band, and that was a funny story that well, I'll talk about that later. Uh, uh, that's, that's 2013 is when I left that band. Yeah. And that's when I kind of like started getting burned out. But I helped uh, Mike Hamill form his band Def Legend, which is a Def Leppard tribute band, Big and Talent. Uh, I actually came up with a name. It's uh, a good name. <laughs> cool. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought so. Uh, along the way, going. okay, so there's their, that kind of chronological yeah. order. I left out a couple of artists that uh, I played with on the side. Uh, I did. I played in a buttload of cover bands. Uh, anyone that needed a fill-in drummer, I, I did it along the way. There was a uh, I, because I was like I did play uh, for many years. I, I was probably still karaoke drummer. Right. Yeah, I know that one. You know this one? Yeah, I know that one. Uh, it was pretty fun. I, I played with uh, in that that womb. Uh, girl period. I was uh, juggling four bands, actually, not just those two, but uh, Amy Jo, which I sent you uh, an Amy Jo song. Yeah. Uh, she was uh, the most um, interesting artist I got the, the project I worked with because uh, she was the first one that had uh, the most passion with her talent. And, and it was interesting to go from a bunch of rock stars to a diva. Uh, but she could hold her own, and we played. Right. We were we were three piece band. She had a bass player, drummer, and then she played piano and sang. That was it. Power trio. Yeah, nice. and, and from a loungy type uh, feel. Uh, along the way, also from 2004 until when I left, uh, which was 2015, left Dallas. Uh, I played uh, churches. Okay, and I played. I followed this worship leader. His name was Jeremy Blado. He was Chuck E. Cheese for twenty years. Like he did all the music, did all the writing, did all the vocals, instruments, everything that you heard at Chuck E. Cheese was Jeremy Blado. Really? Wow. And he, I played with him for uh, twelve years, and he and I still playing this little band on the weekends every once in a while. What's that band called? Uh, it's called uh, Rock of Fire Express. 
Rock a Fire Express. Yeah, as That's in like awesome. the, uh, from the ripoff from Showbiz. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but we're we play uh, golf courses and, and company parties. We just do like all the you know, uh, we uh, hotel van and grapevine. I mean, we wouldn't like play like uh, I don't know any of these clubs anymore that. Uh, Sherlock's or something like that. We don't do that. Like you said earlier, if they were paying, you know, y'all were playing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it, nowadays, it's more like uh, it, it, if you're paying this amount, then I'm playing. Uh, but no, mm. I, I won't leave the house. Unless it's going to be fun. Uh, that's the one thing that as, if you, as you've gotten older, you can probably attest to. Uh, you start to start getting kind of picky with your time. Yes. And uh, so it's like, uh, I don't I'm not 28 to have time to piss away. Uh, I got things going on at the house, and uh, what's in it for me? You know, uh, absolutely. Is everyone serious? Is it you know? Is it's an ego trip? You know, which some people have. Uh, oh, we got to go play these shows. Why? Because to feed your ego? No, I'm trying <laughs> extra money for you know. We, it's so different you know, now. To, Just yeah. the whole construct of how you. You know, an artist goes to be, goes about getting a larger audience. It's so different now than what it was like twenty years ago. So vastly Absolutely. different. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the thing about Dallas, though, what uh, I don't want to say it's sad. I mean, I don't approve of it. Uh, but Dallas went from being uh, like a hotbed for bands in Deep Ellum, and that's why you're having the show. Like I was talking about, Flicker Thick was on VH1, and there was uh, Browning Pool and the Murder. And, even even Pimpadelic had like a, a little deal. Uh, a dozen Furies. Yeah. Remember a dozen Furies? They won that uh, Ozfest contest, I believe. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Stillborn were they Stillborn North? Uh, Stillborn Nursery? No, I know they I won. Remember one. them? I've got one of their okay. posters here still, actually. Right, right on. Uh, but it became uh, like a like original music, like almost almost metro, like it was almost a Seattle scene, almost. Here yeah. in Dallas, close to, and it went from, you know, great original bands to tribute bands. And uh, I'll be honest about tribute bands. I'm not a fan. I mean, I played in them for years, uh, paying on playing, but I would go see one, you know. Right. If I like, wanted to get a reminder of a band, uh, I would put it in their disc or pull up YouTube, but I'm not going to go pay 10 bucks to watch I don't know, but you know, wig con, you know, you know there's that's just my that can replace the original music, right? You know, like it's, right. Once you I've always said it, like, like that, people, it's really hard to top that. You're, you're, you're to me, and, and from the experience, I can say this, and I don't mean this in a negative way, right? But your your audience is WWF or WWE fans. I mean, they're I don't want to call it cheap entertainment, uh, just less picky. Right. Is that nice enough to say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can say right. whatever you want on here, man. Don't worry about it. Well, no I don't want to, like, uh, I don't want to offend Back in the day, I wouldn't care, but I don't want to, like, uh, I have respect for people and whatever they do. Um, one of the pieces of music that you were, you were on uh, uh, Till the End of Days, right? Correct. Loaded Moses? Yes. There's a song on there, The Ascendant. Yes. I love that song, dude. I've been stuck on that song. The last road trip we took, I was listening to it the entire time. Like, I, I 
I, I fell in love with that song, man. I've been listening to it on repeat. You can ask my wife. I've been driving her crazy. Like, you know, she actually likes it too. But I mean, I've been playing it a lot. So that's that song in particular. I remember uh, we recorded it. Uh, we we came up with a song and we we went in and we played like a series of songs for Eric Delagard, and he picked like four out of like seven songs we played for him. That was one of them. And that that day that we recorded, I changed the drum part. I pointed to some straight beat, like punk rock, because uh, it was a fast beat song. The original, I have the original demo, and it sounds a little bit different, and uh, it all changed. Uh, I just changed the drum part, and it made it more punchy, punch, 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 punch. That groove, uh, man, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we did the uh, reunion, the last reunion show, uh, speaking of which, we would do a load of motion good reunion show from 2015 to, to 19, where we would play like once or twice a year. Uh, the, the first two, we they used the original drummer, and I would come in and play some songs. Uh, but the last four that we had was just me on drums. And uh, when I was driving from Houston, they let me pick the set list, you know. But I was like, great. And the last one that we played, uh, that song was the opening song. I nice. figured, all right, let's pick ass right off the bat. So that. I appreciate the justification of how cool that song. I saw that picture of, uh, I guess it was you, it was the drummer, one of the drummers in Loaded Moses, and you were standing right next to him with congas, I believe. Yeah, sort of, I, yeah. I did. That was the first two shows that we did. Uh, what that was was a celebration of uh, evolution, really, for uh, Chad Beck. Uh, what Loaded Moses was, uh, became, and then what they became with uh, In Memory of Man, because they became... The band in memory, and now they're uh, Royal. Sons. What was that again? Uh, the last one? Uh, they are now called the Royal Suns. Oh, the Royal Suns. Yes. Okay, I need to look that up. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't followed they are, way uh, yet into what they became. They, I mean, it's nothing like Loaded Motors at all. Uh, they're a real Southern rock, gritty, like Jimmy Page goes to uh, Lukenbach. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I. They reformed, Loaded Moses reformed uh, in 2015, and they were going to do a show. And I saw a post online, and uh, I hadn't talked to, I maybe talked to Tad once a year for the last, at that point, six years, uh, and called her picture. And I said, Hey, man, uh, would it be cool if I came in and, like, uh, if I came in and played like two songs, you know, with you guys, like on stage? Uh, and they were like, and Chan was like, let me check with the fellas and uh, I'll get back with you. So uh, about a week later, he said, okay, we're going to give you five songs and we want you to play the percussion on everything else that you don't play. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, so I had some, I had some congas and I had like shakers and, you know, did, you know, just did subtle percussion things here and there. So uh, we did a reunion show at Creed's and, uh, Hayes played like the majority of the show, and I played those. Uh, but when Hayes played, I did all the percussion. So yeah, pretty neat. That's awesome, man. That's cool. Um, there was another one I don't know if we've touched on yet. Um, oh no, we did touch on Bullet Ant. Yeah. Let's see what else if I have anything else here. We're about thirty-five minutes in. I was gonna let us run for about forty-five minutes. Like I said, we're okay. just 
We're just trying it out here on this first one. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm filling in the time. I can talk my ass off about me all day long. Oh, dude. You're, yeah, no, you're killing it, man. This is great. Um, so that, I do remember that Samsara tryout. Yeah. You know, which, what were the three songs that you said you? Uh, it was uh, Up Against, uh, Quick and Easy, and uh, the Mission Control. Mission Control. That's right. Yeah. I they were like, you that, pick, that your, pick three, and I, so I picked those three. They were the first three on the disc, and I was like, yeah. They just had a cool flow. Oh, that's right. That's the, the first three songs off of a note. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, they, it had such a cool flow, those first three, and I was like, wow, that's, that's the three I want to play. I remember it was at that place over in Richardson off of uh, Plano Road. Jam Absolutely. Station or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Man, I was going to comment on the uh, the Firebird. Uh, is that what that is? Yeah, I like that. Uh, that was actually, uh, I painted that. my Before I left Dallas, I, like I said, I played in a bunch of different tribute bands. Uh, or uh, cover tribute bands. And uh, the last one I played in was called, uh, I named it uh, Big Black Hawk. <laughs> That's so, great. Uh, I came up with... Uh, that logo and I painted that uh, myself. That name is fantastic, dude. Big Black Hawk. Uh, Friday nights is uh, Big Black Hawk night. Ladies night, Big Black Hawk. <laughs> All you can eat buffet, Big Black Hawk. That is so awesome, dude. Yes. I even have a shirt that says I love Big Black Hawk. Really? Yeah, dude. absolutely. Man, you got those in 4X, man? Uh, I can send you the logo. <laughs> <laughs> man, that is so cool. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I guess we could talk about what I do now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's... Okay. So uh, I moved to Houston uh, in 2015 because I just got burned out. I, I loved playing. I, I played so much and it, uh, it was just, it wasn't, it got to where it was fun for me. Uh, so I moved to Houston. My wife was pissed. I became an alcoholic because of it. Um, but I would like uh, occasionally. I would I, I, not occasionally. All the time, I would get called. Hey man, can you come fill in? No, 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 no. So I was like, wait a minute. Loaded Moses. They continue to do shows, and I became what 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 I wanted, which was the lone drummer. Like uh, I didn't want to play dual drummer, uh, not because uh, I just wanted to play for me. Uh, I, in my personal opinion, I think I'm a better drummer than him. Opinion, uh, they would agree with you. Uh, you can post that too. Uh, I, so I would do these uh, shows with them once or twice a year. Uh, before we moved back, there was a, I, I filled in. I got a call from Gun for Roses, and uh, Chris Bender wanted me to fill in, and. That was exciting for me because I hadn't played with that band in six years. And, uh, you know, there's that inner band drama thing that kicked. And uh, for me, it was like uh, I got to finish up some uncredited business with them. So it was uh, very inspiring. Uh, with that, somebody else who was in a Guns N' Roses tribute band or had his own tribute band, uh, the Guns N' Roses called me that night. Uh, and he contacted me. And he's like, hey, I need you to fill in for my band. And I was like, dude, when is it? What's next March? And it was November. I was like, dude, call me in February and let's see where we're at. Uh, 
I knew that I was going to be moving back in February. Uh, so uh, contact me, and when I was moving back, I was like, okay, I'll do it. Uh, so I, I played that show, and that was about it until I got a, a call about a year later, uh, which was in this time last year. Hey, man, uh, need you to join the band full time. I went, well, I'm not going to join the band full time, but I'll play. Uh, and he put together a, a plethora of great uh, talent, really, not himself, uh, but everyone that he hired. We had the bass player from uh, Roof in the Wall, uh, the singer from uh, the crew of Houston, uh, the crew tribute from Houston, I think that's what they're called, and uh, this guy named Eddie J, who was like a, he, he was like Flash and reincarnated. Uh, we formed a band for a little bit. Uh, it split up. Uh, I got hired by a different. Basically, what I'm getting at is, uh, if you ever need a Guns N' Roses cover tribute band uh, fill in, I'm your guy. Because I played with three different Guns N' Roses tribute bands last year. Uh, anyway, uh, but I, I started. I jam with people here and there. Yeah. Uh, I do have a, a band for table, like I was telling you, a band that we only play. With once a quarter and we play like a golf course or some special event for mm. people. It's uh, a bunch of old dudes, you know. Uh, sadly, uh, where I go to down with these guys uh, nowadays and I see my demographic and I'm looking around going, oh God, these guys are old. How old are everyone? Uh, you're that okay, okay. So yeah. I'm the same age, so I guess I'm one of you guys, you know. And that kind of throws me off a little bit. Uh, but I don't. I don't take it serious anymore. I don't. I don't get worked up really. The only time I get worked up is like you deal. I mean, you're a musician. You deal with douchebags every once in a while. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I take a different approach to it. Uh, I don't take it too serious. I don't have any expectation really. Uh, I'm doing a studio uh, deal here in two weeks. Uh, some guy with. Uh, I knew for years he was in a band with this dude, and this dude's moving back to Florida, and he wrote this song because he just got divorced, and he wants to have it at the middle for himself. Uh, so I'm going to go in and play drums, but we rehearsed it yesterday right here in this room. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, so I do that. I do, I do sparingly you know, do things, but uh, I will say this. I, I, had, uh, I discovered the recent death of a of an army buddy of mine, uh, and it, it kind of spun me in all kinds of different directions. But what I ended up doing was I had to look for this uh, tape from 1990 where I knew me and this guy were on, and so I had to go through all these camcorder tapes, and you remember camcorders? I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. I started transferring all these camcorder uh, tapes to, like, DVD, mm -hmm. which is still old school. I mean, why did I need a stadium computer? Because, as I told you earlier, I'm not from junior status. Anyway, so uh, I I started you know, I running all these old shows. I mean, from like the late '90s, early 2000s, and it's weird that this is happening today. Uh, I watched a bunch of myself um, just all last week. Well, the week before, because I was out of town, but this past weekend, for sure, uh, got to watch uh, that whole Glammy Bradley uh, guy that I was, you know. Uh, wild hair, wild hats, and glitter, and, and lights. Every I mean, dude, I'm just, uh, 
I was the most valuable I did. I was like a professional wrestler playing drums. I mean, right. Uh, I'm really about putting on a show, man. You are a hell of a showman. I will say that. Yeah, I wasn't going to be. The, I guarantee it. I wasn't going to be the most technical drummer that night, but I guarantee you I was the most uh, entertaining. For yes. Sure. Unless it was up against like Chris Antonopoulos, uh, who was a Dallas uh, legend in my mind. Uh, he was the drummer for Hellfight Funk Crew. Uh, he was like Tommy Lee reincarnated. It was like skin curl twin, this whole deal, and you know, he, he did his deal. Hellified were yeah. great. I remember after Hellified, they became uh, Undeniable. Undeniable. And uh, Undeniable took uh, my band Outlet with them down to San Antonio one time. And they were really cool guys, man. They were really good to us. Like, you know, we had a great time. Like, uh, yeah. they were a lot of fun. Yeah. I still talk to Bones, who was the bass player for that band. Uh, I still talk to him occasionally. Yeah. Bones, yeah. The only one I actually remembered in the name and everything was Charles. I remember the front man. Yeah, Charles. Charles Treadwell. I mean, who doesn't know Charles Treadwell? Yeah. Was that his last name, Treadwell? Mm-hmm. It seems like we're talking about Deep Ellum. We got to bring him up. You know. Absolutely. You're right. And hey, Charles. And uh, Jerry yeah. Rutherford, right? Got to mention Jerry yeah. Rutherford. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, that guy. I mean, know. every show I would go to, that guy was there. Like every show. Jerry Rutherford. Uh, he uh, wore, always wore the same uh, stocking hat. You know? Yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, since you're bringing old people, uh, bringing uh, old people from Deep Ellum, I don't remember the guy's name, but he had there was uh, the the uh, monitor mix guy for the Curtain Club. Uh, he had like all this long curly hair, and he had a twin brother. Uh, I forget their names. Anyway, uh, I wanted to say, give tribute to that guy. He has passed away as well. Oh, uh, wow. That's the tough yeah. part about a lot of this is that a lot of these older cats, man, they're starting to pass on. And I, I looked up to a lot of these people, you know, and it, it's a bummer. You know? Sadly, you know, the thing of it is, uh, I, I, I probably treat more than them and I'm still alive. Uh, I, it's kind of, kind of scary. Uh, I don't want to drop tomorrow, but I wonder if they died in the last two or three years because God. No, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> We'll just we'll just keep it pure, man. Let's keep it music. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> man, I'm glad Buster made an appearance in here, man. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can go get him if you want. <laughs> hey, if you want to go out like that, but you know, because we're at forty. Yeah, let me go minutes. grab Buster. Hold on, hold go on. Go grab him real quick. Yeah. Okay. That'd be great. Okay, Buster. <laughs> Buster. He sounds like he's a mess. And then there's there's my buster, there's my buster. Look, 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 look here, look here. That's Buster. <laughs> Hi Buster. That's my dog. He's my uh savior. I got him seven years ago in Houston. Bought him in a uh black market type of uh purchase. It was too weird, but uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. Hi, Buster. Well, well, Gary, thanks for wrapping. Uh, I mean, I guess we're wrapping it up, huh? Yeah, I think so. I think we got. I got about what I need. Uh, that okay. flow's great, man. Dude, uh, as you can. Dude, I appreciate the fact that you're doing this. Uh, I know there's a lot of guys that are really gonna dig it. Uh, I know a bunch of guys that will line up to an interview for you. Uh, it's really cool that you're keeping it alive. 
Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm doing everything I can to keep that spark going, man. And, uh, well, that's cool. you know, as far as I, I'm going to try to write out like a nice little list of people that I want to talk to and work with on this and try to map out maybe like the first 10 episodes at least. And uh, so I'd like to get your thoughts on maybe some of the people I should speak to. Sure, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I can help you get in touch with some of them. Uh, anything. Cool. Uh, I, I, I still know if I could use or bump into them or here and there. Uh, I could probably get in, Charles, in, in touch with Charles Penwell for you, maybe. <laughs> that would if be you, wild, if you want to talk to him. Yeah. I, I, would, I, I would go through Kerry Crafton, who is a producer here in Dallas. Uh, he played with Hell of Five Punk Crew for a little bit, but uh, he probably knows how to get in touch with him if you wanted to. Okay. Uh, Alligator Dave, if you could talk, if you could find Alligator Dave. Do you remember Alligator Dave? Yes, I remember the name. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> that would be fun. Uh, who else would be good? Uh, Chris Antonopoulos, I can, I can find a contact for him. Whether he do it or not, I don't know. Okay. He lives in, like, Holland now or something, from what I understand. Uh, he was the drummer for Hell of Life on Crew. Uh, he went on to play with uh, Vanilla Ice and... <laughs> He played with some other European metal band. I can't remember what band he went to. I want to say Opeth. Oh wow! Opeth for the masses, or something, or something for the masses. Hmm. Well, I have uh. To, uh, yeah, find out and text it to me. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, you know, another one would be Deep Elmo's. Uh, believe it or not, would be uh, if I could get her to do it, or we could get her to do it, it would be Piper Dagnino. She was the bass player for Girl, and she played in a bunch of people. And dude, this chick, you're a bass player. She like emulated uh, Getty. Like oh, she wow. would play, she would play keyboard and and, and just do chord. Like she did, and she was badass. She went in. She uh, became. She married the uh, manager of uh, Blue October. And mm. she was in Blue October for a while, and, and she gets wedding, uh, writing credits on that album that was so big for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got. You, you let me know. I know. I know several people. Uh, Sweet. That was another one, Blue October, that you know is definitely worth mentioning for sure. I'm glad they came up too. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, there was the uh, they were the Von Erics. They became uh, 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 they were from Wichita Falls. Uh, you know. Uh, Shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. God damn it, they did, uh... Shit! God damn it, I'll think of it in just a minute. <laughs> It'll uh, come to you, no worries. Yeah. I'll probably have to send it to you. Uh, dude, uh... Hold on, let me go ahead. <laughs> uh, you going to the vinyl collection? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not going to the... Oh, uh, okay. Repeat the vinyl collection real quick? <laughs> Might as well, real quick, if you're going to pass by. Okay, yeah. let me turn on me turn on the lights here. All right, there's the stereo. Wow, see, look at that. And then the vinyl collection is from all. Watch out, Buster. You that real way real, man. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, I got. It. But yeah, Jeez. I got a couple. Yeah, I got it all decked out. I built this by myself. That is so. so oh, and, awesome. and here's here's the I I gutted these old PA speakers out and uh, made like with them, and then I have some Sherwin Vegas up here. Brilliant. Uh, what was the band made that was uh, big from Wichita Falls, and they had those radio hits? They were deep jerking and came uh, Bowling for Soup. 
Bowling for soup, of course. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah. That's another one. Yeah. See, there's another one. There's so many that we, you know, weren't even thinking about at the beginning. Yeah. I was shocked that you uh, brought up frolic. I forgot about him. Frolic. Yeah. 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 That was my first Deep Ellen band to ever see. Yeah. I played a lot of shows with them, and I knew that their uh, guitar player died. God rest him. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to hear that. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm if you have any ideas or want any input, by all means, absolutely. Man, thanks so much, dude. I, I really appreciate you doing this as well. So, yeah, thank you, dude. I, I, I'm honored to be your first guest. How about that? Well, um, my the band that I'm doing with Janarden, uh, Thieves, yeah. you know, we're mm -hmm. gonna be playing some shows before too long. And whenever we do, I'd, I'd love for you to come out and say hello, absolutely. Okay, you know, I will tell you this that uh, you're probably gonna have a better uh, a crowd in Fort Worth because Fort Worth has a more original crowd like Dallas is crazy. I mean there's no place to play you know in Dallas really. Uh the Ridley room is a big deal over here at Fort Worth right now. I just played there on Friday night. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. They they get a lot of bands that roll through there. Uh Ridley room. But there's, there's more of a original vibe over at Fort Worth. Right. See I didn't know that I didn't realize that Fort Worth was more centered on the original stuff in Dallas. I definitely knew there was a lot of attribute stuff in Dallas, but I didn't know Fort Worth was more centered on the or original stuff. Yeah, I can't even I can't even think of where you could play in Dallas as an original band. Well, I played in uh, Richardson on uh, Saturday at uh, Six Springs, but it just kind of okay. feels like it's more spread out now to where it used to be real congregated, like right there in Ellum. It's all kind of spread out. Yeah, you know, uh, Dallas, uh, like, I, like I said, became this band, but... You know, these elements just out there, and there's not no bands anymore. Curtain Club is like an upscale restaurant now, right? Isn't that what it is? I haven't been down there. I, I do. I avoid. They really climb down there bad. Yeah, I'm afraid to look. I'm 50, really, <laughs> I'm 52 years old, and I'm not trying to go fight nobody. Right. Uh, but yeah, Fort Worth is vastly more original, and Houston, uh, Houston is straight up original. As far as like metal, uh, has it going on? There's like all kinds of. Well, dude, been great, man. As always, yeah. I guess uh, I'll be I'll be seeing you soon, man. That was awesome. All man. right, I'm glad man. We thank did you very this. much. And keep me uh, abreast of the uh, shows that you might be playing. What's that? Keep me abreast of the shows that you might be playing. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Put events, put events deals on your Facebook. Absolutely, I will. I'll send you a link because I I post events and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'll, I'll start sharing it with you. Yeah. Okay. Facebook Please likes do. to bury it, so like none of my friends see it. I hate how they do that. <laughs> so I'll just share. I, it with I guess you so directly. because I, I I haven't I haven't seen any. Uh, I'll get off as soon as I get off. I'll pull up and see what. That does surprise me because I do it. All, I post stuff all the time, but yeah. I might not be like I might not like your uh, your band. So, so I'll look that up. Cool. Awesome, dude. Okay. All right. Thanks, Bradley. Take care, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, man. All right, bye-bye.